Jeg er så Lotus' Kenneth Andersons podcast, and it's the 5th of April 2021. The time is 0.20, and it is Monday. Now, the reason why I'm uploading once again an English podcast is because I next time I upload, I upload two Danish ones, and then I start to go to this new job uh, where I take my new education. That means that I can only do one hour of English podcast and one hour of Danish podcast each, each day. So, of course, you have to be aware of the fact that once these two two hours podcast in the Danish podcast... Um, gets out there, then I start with only one hour every day. So the other reason why I'm uploading one of English again is because uh, I believe that I did not really go in depth with um, my own thoughts and ideas, my own thoughts about uh, compassion and love and being there for others. Could you could say that I did not really make that uh, brainstorming that I usually uh, do in my English uh, podcast. So let's just start the podcast with the brainstorming. When we human beings are searching for happiness, what are we really searching for? Are we searching for happiness only for ourselves or are we searching for happiness from other human beings? Well, I think that it's uh, it's not an either or, it's, it's both, basically. We want to be happy and content, not only with ourselves but also with others. So we want to include others in our lives. So are we including others in our lives? Asking these questions can help you be aware of the fact that perhaps there are things in your life that lack uh, lack attention, and you have to you have to draw your attention towards that. So lacking, of course, could be perhaps you do not have any friends or you have only a few friends. What, you can, what can you do in this situation? Well, of course, you need to get some good and decent friends, friends who truly love you and who truly care about you, friends who are not only thinking about themselves but also thinking about others. We live in a very egocentristic society. We live in a society where we only care and think about ourselves and how can it benefit me? That's why also a lot of relationships goes down the toilet because we only care and think about ourselves. What is in it for me? Instead of thinking what's in it for us, So if you are in a relationship and you are thinking only about yourself and the other party is only also thinking about themselves, then it's very difficult to have that relationship work. So getting rid of our egos is maybe number one hindrance for us to feel truly happiness. We cannot feel happiness just by Um, feeding our egos, feeding what we want ourselves. We need to be aware of the fact that there are other human beings around us and they also deserve love and kindness and happiness. And if we can contribute to that in some small way, well then I will highly suggest that we do a significant effort into that direction. Do you know anyone 
at a nursing home. Could you call that person up and uh, tell them, tell that person that you truly care about that person, that you are thinking about that person, and that you are wondering if you can start visiting that person so that you can show your love and affection into action. Not just talking about it, not just thinking about it, but actually getting out there in your car and driving uh, the few miles that it takes in order for you to visit a person who perhaps feels lonely, who perhaps isn't so blessed with friends that you are. So caring and thinking about other human beings can greatly influence your life in a more positive way. And of course, once you get into that mindset of caring about others besides yourself, then life becomes more precious to you. Then life becomes more uplifting. You are expanding your horizon. You are expanding the way you look at life. And once you start expanding your mental state or horizon, once you start thinking about others besides yourself, then true happiness, love and kindness will almost automatically enter your life. So we have to be aware of the fact that it is up to us. I cannot do it for you and you cannot do it for me. I have to work on my own, work on myself, work on my personality and work on getting rid of my ego. And of course it can be a bit troublesome sometimes. It can be a bit difficult to uh, to work on yourself. Because once you start working on yourself, you find all the flaws and mistakes uh, that you make and that's not very pleasant. So it's much easier to point your finger outwards and look at other people's mistakes instead of your own. But that's not going to be very beneficial for you. We want to be, <clears throat> I believe, feel we want to have that loving feeling of truly being there for others. And the only way we can do that is by changing our focus from ourselves onto others. You can ask yourself, I, uh, am I truly concentrating when another person is talking to me? Or am I distracted by my phones, uh, phone, sorry, or any other things in my mind? So let's start by that. Let's start focusing on our concentration. I believe that meditation is a very beneficial thing that you can start doing. And of course, I will highly recommend you start counting the many times you breathe. When you breathe in, you count one, and when you breathe out, you count two in your mind. And you start noticing that you lack concentration because all of a sudden your thought process or mind is wandering elsewhere. But being aware of the fact that you can pull your attention once again to your breathing and counting of your breath, once you do that many times, you start to to be able to focus more on your thought processes. And of course, you actually can focus even more. And then you can focus more on the conversation because <clears throat> I do not know about you, but if I'm in a conversation and the person listening to me is distracted, is not there really in the conversation, is basically 
wandering off in their own mind, in their own egos, <clears throat> then, I've, then I do not feel uh, any love from that person. I actually basically does not feel anything from that person. That person is, I will not say dead to me, but their feelings is not entering me and I'm not feeling them. I'm not really sure if they are interested in me. I'm not really sure that they truly love me and care for me. So in order for us to show true love and compassion and affection for each other, we need to be there 100, 100% in the conversation. And being in the conversation can actually make that person trust you even more, can make that person open up even more, and vice versa, of course, also. Because once we are truly immersed in the conversation, we basically forget time. We basically forget any other thing in our lives. We are focusing on each other. We are focusing on getting to know each other, getting to know the thought processes, so, so, sorry, uh, thought processes of each other, how we think, how we react, where we are coming from. And we are actually broadening our horizon. We are basically expanding our horizon or our way of thinking. And once we expand our way of thinking, then it's much easier for us to start a conversation the next time we meet another person. And I believe once we are truly immersed in a conversation, truly concentrating in a conversation, then that other person feels the attention that you are giving that person. And that person almost feels obligated to stay in the conversation because all of a sudden you are actually truly immersed in a conversation. You are actually truly maybe once in a lifetime or maybe the first time in your life, you are truly feeling being understood, being cared for. I believe that as I've been explaining many times before in the previous podcast, we are constantly searching for the love that we received from our mother when we were infants. And we are constantly on the search for this love and kindness, but we have, a, have trouble finding it. Why, of course, is the question. That's because we, we are afraid of being vulnerable. We are afraid of being immersed in a conversation <clears throat> and giving something personal to that person, talking about some personal stuff to that person, and being afraid that that person is not going to talk about this in confidence, that we have talked about in confidence, that he, he or she is just going to blab it out. So we keep a sort of like a professional distance to each other when we talk to each other. That's natural, will some say, but it's not really the natural way for us to truly be immersed in a conversation. It's basically because we as humans deep down inside are infinite love and kindness. But once we start finding our infinite love and kindness, we are afraid that we are not going to be received uh, in a loving and caring and kind way. So we have this ego 
that we put forward when we talk to each other. We keep a professional distance to each other. And this professional distance is actually hindering us into feeling this connection with another human being. I'm not talking about a sexual partner or a lover of some sort. I'm just talking about uh, how we are as uh, basic human beings. Deep down inside, if we put away all the layers that we constantly have in order for us to protect ourselves from other human beings. But if we all do this, if we all have this barrier, it's very difficult to become true friends. It's very difficult for others to enter our lives. It's very difficult for others to feel love and compassion from us if we do not want to give it to them, and vice versa, of course. So we have a certain amount of problems regarding social interactions. Of course, this can be trained. We can train our mind into showing more confidence, showing more love and compassion, opening our layers up. Of course, this book is a very helpful in pointing the finger in the direction where we need to change our personalities, need to change the way we think about ourselves and others. Because, let's face it, we all think about ourselves in maybe perhaps not so pleasant a way. Perhaps we have had a troublesome childhood. Perhaps we have had some inner voice constantly telling us that we are not worthy of other people's love and compassion. And by getting rid of it, or at least shutting it down as much as we can, then we have an opportunity to open a more compassionate mindset. And once we open that mindset, that mindset that tells us that we are human beings that deserve love from ourselves and others. We deserve kindness from ourselves and others. We deserve attention from ourselves and others. We deserve being there, truly immersed in a conversation, not worrying about how this might be perceived when we talk about it, but we talk from deep within our hearts. And of course, this talking deep from our hearts is, I'm not saying almost impossible or impossible, but it's very difficult, extremely difficult. It is actually one of the hardest things a human being can do today is talking directly from the heart without worrying about how it might be perceived. So very important that we as humans start meditating on love and kindness. How can I show love and kindness for other human beings? How can I get my egocentristic mindset away from myself and onto others? How can I truly see another human being the way I see myself? How can I show love and compassion and affection towards another human being uh, the same way as I do myself? Asking these questions is very important. Can you, when you meet another person, actually take yourself away a little bit from the equation and start thinking or emerging yourself in another human being? 
truly listening to what that person is saying, truly trying to analyze it, trying to come up with a good answer as humanly possible, so that we get emerged in the conversation and we get closer to each other. We feel that here is another person who also wants to have love and compassion and kindness in their lives. I'm not saying that it's easy, of course, but I'm not saying it's impossible either. So we have to we have to be aware of the fact that the power lies within ourselves. The strive or power behind love and compassion and kindness, it lies deep within ourselves. We just need to find a way to retrieve it and show it not only to ourselves but also to other human beings. So this little rant of mine, I believe it's not, of course I'm not talking as fast as I can in the Danish podcast because that's my first language, but I'm trying as good as I can to express uh, the feeling of me becoming a better human being. I can always improve myself. I can always improve the way I think about myself and others. So if I if I have a tendency to judge other people, have a tendency to judge them on their looks, on their appearance, on anything that does not have anything to do with that person uh, or that person's personality. Once I start seeing my judging, then I can do something about it. Then I can say no to it because that's not what I or who I want to be as a human being. I want to be a human being that truly cares about the souls of human beings, what their essence truly are, what is behind the eyes. The eyes is the mirror to the soul, so to speak. And of course, I am in this body of mine looking out into the world. I basically have the same senses as the person that I'm talking to. So why not immerse myself in that person? Why not start caring and thinking about that person as the same way as I do myself. So asking ourselves these questions, I believe can actually better our lives. Of course, I've been talking a lot about the garbage can that we all carry around, or every human being. And the garbage can is, of course, in my incidents, um, and this is what I believe, Violent video games, violent movies, movies who portray people's bad behaviors as something that you can allow yourself to be entertained by. The social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all the rest of the crap. And the social, no, sorry, the mainstream media that constantly tells us what to fear and also gives us the solution to our fears. These are items in the garbage can. And... It's, it's only made there to make you miserable, to make you sad, to make you feel lonely and afraid to become emerged in another conversation, in another human being. <laughs> so I highly recommend that you stop looking at it, start, start uh, participating in it. There's no reason for you to participate in the garbage can because it is only there to make you feel ashamed of yourself, lonely and sad. And also, once you emerge yourself in the garbage can, you start thinking negatively about your fellow human beings. And by doing so, you are basically shutting yourself away from love and compassion and kindness. So once you get rid of this, once you say no to it, yes, I know we cannot say no 
100% to it. But let's just say that we 99% of our time use to read about other human beings' kindness and love and compassion. For example, the Dalai Lama or another human being's a lot of books out there of self-compassion and love and kindness and also a lot of podcasts out there about other people who are trying to show love and compassion and kindness to each other. Being immersed in these human beings, being immersed in human beings that are searching for the same thing as I am, can actually help me and benefit me, can actually make me feel happy and content inside. And I, I'm not saying that this is a miracle uh, drug I, that I'm portraying, but I'm saying that the first journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. So the first step in the right direction, it has to be that we take our own lives back. We do not allow the garbage can to enter our lives, to take advantage of us. Because that's what it's, it's there for. It's only there to poke at the negative personality traits of us humans. So let's not allow that to happen. Let's emerge us in other human beings that have something to say about love and compassion and kindness. It's very easy to say this, but it's very difficult for human beings to come to that conclusion. Garbage in, garbage out, so to speak. So if you want to have love and compassion and kindness in your life, you need to have love and compassion and kindness enter your mind in order for you to truly feel it, to truly be immersed in it. I'm not saying that I know everything because that's the only, the only person in the universe that knows that is Jehovah God, the Almighty One, of course, creator of the universe, and of course His one true begotten Son, Jesus Christ. But what I'm saying is that in order for us to uh, truly accept who we are, truly accept other people for who they are, truly accept that perhaps other human beings have a difference of opinion than we have. In order for us to do that, we need to start with ourselves. We need to start to analyze what we put through our eyes and ears, because that's very important. It's important for us, for, for our mood. Do we get up every morning happy and content with life? Or are we not so content with life? It is just mediocre. Or are we sad? So asking ourselves these questions can actually make us do something about it. And the only thing that you can do about it is, of course, to, I believe, emerge yourself in other human beings that have these personality traits that you desire, that you want in your life. So let's just fill our cup with love and kindness. Let's just start caring and thinking about others besides ourselves. Let's make an effort into becoming an even better human being than we were yesterday. So it all starts with our mind. How do we think about other human beings? Asking ourselves questions like, Am I affected by what I have learned from the garbage can all these years? Has it affected the way I think about other human beings? And once you start thinking about that, you can see many ways in which you have been affected. But now you can pinpoint it. Now you can say to yourself, well, yes, I have been affected like that, for many years, but now I can say no to it. Now, can, now I can reject the thought even, even before it enters my mind. So I do not have to 
all of the time be aware uh, of becoming even more compassionate and kind because getting rid of the garbage can, getting rid of bad thoughts and negative ideas about other human beings is the first step. It's the first step to truly showing loving kindness not only to yourself, but also to others. And of course, it's very easy for me to sit here on my bottom and just say this, these words, but am I truly meaning them? Am I truly deep inside a person who wants to better myself and also wants to better the way I look at life, look at other human beings? So asking ourselves these questions can allow ourselves to be more immersed in life itself, being there, truly living in the now, living right here, right now. I cannot change the past, but I can change the way I look at other human beings right now, right here, and in the future. I'm not saying that, of course, when you have 7 billion people on the planet, there's not people who are evil, who are very bad people that you should stay away from. Of course there is. But I'm saying that the vast majority of human beings all want the same thing. They want love and kindness. They want to be heard and listened to. They want to show love and compassion and kindness towards others. They also want to receive love and kindness from others. But in order for them to do that, in order for me to do that, I need to show love and compassion and kindness. That's the basic law of the universe. So can I, when we are deep in conversation, accept the fact that perhaps other human beings have a difference of opinion than I have. Perhaps they are also affected from, from the garbage can. Perhaps they have also been emerged in it like I have. Perhaps they are not <clears throat> they are not so willing to allow themselves to step out of the garbage can. So they are still affected a great deal from the garbage can much less, or sorry, much more than I am. I have uh, taken a step back from this. I have said no to it. I am not participating in it in any way. So being aware of the fact that difference of opinions, of course, they're going to exist, accepting the fact that other human beings have difference of opinions, and also trying to understand where they're coming from, can actually help you and benefit you when you have a conversation, when you try to truly understand another human being, not just talking about yourself, for yourself, uh, to yourself, but also talking to another person, trying to truly get to know that person, try, trying to understand that person in a more profound and deep level. So if you have friends in your life, I will highly suggest that you phone them up, call them up, tell them that you truly care and love them and that you truly are there for them. Not only in the good days, but also in the bad days. So it starts with ourselves. It starts with asking ourselves questions. Questions like, am I a person who truly wants other human beings to experience love and kindness? If I am, well then I should participate in their lives in order for them to achieve it. If I have achieved it a little bit, then I owe my friends the same benefits. 
the same thought process that I have experienced works for me, it might also work for you. It also might work for the person that I truly love and care for in my life. So good advice, of course. I'm not saying that my advice is like something new, but what I'm saying is by renewing our mind, by saying no to the garbage can, and truly being there for other human beings, truly focusing and concentrating on other human beings when we talk to them, getting rid of our egos can actually be very beneficial for us. It can broaden our horizon in such a way that we open our hearts and minds to receiving love and kindness, the kind of love and kindness that we received from our mother at an adolescence, from childhood, that we can actually receive a little bit from another human being. I'm not saying that we have that feeling 100% uh, thrown back at us, but maybe just a fraction. Maybe just because that's what we all search for. We all search for this feeling that we had as a child. So being aware of the fact that love and kindness does exist, there are other human beings that also show love and kindness to each other, and finding a true friend that shows love and kindness is a friend that you have to cherish very much. You have to, you have, to be a, have an ability to forgive that person once that person makes a mistake. And you also hope that that person will forgive you once you make a mistake, once you step out of bounds, once you, as humans, we have a tendency to make mistakes and perhaps we talk in a certain way that hurt another human being. Well, then that human being needs to tell us in a karma collective way so that we can change this personality flaw in us. So working with ourselves and others is very important. So let's just start this journey. Let's just start by asking ourselves some serious questions. Serious questions that might broaden our horizon, might expand the way we think about other human beings. Once we start analyzing how do we think about other human beings, well then of course we get to some obstacles. We get to some of the thought processes that we have had from the garbage can and that perhaps can hinder us into reaching our full potential as human beings. So the first step, of course, is being aware of the fact that the garbage can has affected us in many ways. The next step is, of course, push, pushing, the, pushing the garbage can away from us as much as humanly possible, of course, and being aware of the fact that now we are on a learning curve. Now we have to learn to live life all over again. And it can be very stressful indeed. But it also can be very fun and uplifting. Having a new way of thinking about ourselves and others, thinking about others, like we want others to perceive us. So if I think about another human beings as a loving and caring and kind human being, and of course, once I disagree with another person, I do not let it affect me emotionally. Because that is not allowing myself to get closer to that person. 
So accepting the fact that we have difference of opinions is very important, <clears throat> and also not letting it affect us emotionally. So let's just start reading out loud from this book. Let's just see if there's anything that we can use to benefit us as human beings. Let's just see here. Yes. Of course, there's always, because I've not turned off this crappy phone from the garbage. Yes, of course, this also comes from the garbage can, this telephone here, or this smartphone. But of But you can also ask myself, or I, I can ask myself this question, why do I use it then? Well, because it's very difficult in the modern society uh, to avoid using this. But I know that it's not going to make me happy in some way, make me content in some way. So I have to keep this to a minimum. I have to allow myself to turn it off sometimes because uh, our cell phone or our smartphone is basically one of the reasons that we do not allow love and kindness in our lives. We are egocentric. You can see it in a small child with an iPad. Try to take that iPad away from that child. That child will scream and kick and, yeah, because it is very egocentric. It is only caring and thinking about getting their own emotion, emotions stimulated. But of course, it's not stimulating like the love from a mother or a father. It's not stimulating from truly being there as a human being. So it's a false set of hopes that we are give, giving or providing our children by letting them be addicted to the screen. So this is also one of the topics that I can talk on for hours. So let's not let's just keep on topic. Let's just keep away from this uh, because it's uh, has part, it's, it has to do with the garbage can of course. And let's not just uh, look at that because it's crap. It's not going to uh, allow ourselves to feel truly happiness and content in life. So, without further ado, let's just read out loud, uh, and let's just, yeah, we can take this one right here. Reflected shame. Reflected shame is what we may feel in response to other people's actions. It is not about us directly. Alternatively, reflected shame is the shame other people feel because of our actions. For example, we may feel reflected shame because a member of our family has done a particular thing that is demeaned shameful. Deswinder Sangira has looked at this form of shame within certain cultural communities. In her book Shame, Yaswinda drew on her own background and explored the experiences of a subsection of Asian women who are forced into arranged marriages. The experience of reflected shame can be so serious in some cultures that it may lead to so-called honor killing of those deemed to have brought shame on their families. The experience of reflected shame can also be less serious and border more on embarrassment especially after some time has elapsed, uh, many parents will scream, uh, sorry, scream when their children point out something about another person, usually within earshot, such as a person's size, hair color, wrinkles, or another characteristics. We may apologize, raise our eyes, or laugh awkwardly, but even when we know the words were totally innocent, We feel reflected shame at that moment, as though our child's actions are a reflection of ourselves. It's only later, when the shame has turned into embarrassment, that we may be able to laugh at the situation with a friend or partner. Alternatively, for those with a dog, reflected shame may be experienced uh, when you have 
decide to go, sorry, when that dog has decided to go to the toilet in an appropriate place or sniff another dog when you know it will, but wish it wouldn't. It is amazing how at that moment we can feel shame about what our dog is doing, as if his behavior were a reflection on us. Reflected shame serves a number of functions. If you wish to study this area further, you may wish to read Jaswinder Sanger's book or a number of titles by Paul Gilbert. More information can be found in the resource sections back of this book. External shame. So this shame here that we are talking about, reflected shame. We can be shameful for other people's actions or another dog's actions. And <laughs> when we think about it, yes, it can be a bit odd or awkward that we should be shameful for other people's actions. But many times it's because we are emotionally involved in the person who we feel shameful for. In other words, if another person that we truly care and love for brings shame in some way, or brings us shame in some way, or is shameful in some way, well, then we we start to take on the shame that that person uh, is receiving. So we have to be aware of the fact that perhaps this is also a flaw in us, this reflected shame. And of course, we could talk for hours about this reflected shame, but... Just keep that in the back of our, your, your mind or our mind when we start conversations with each other and once we feel this reflected shame, then we can be aware of it and then we can do something about it. External shame. External shame is associated with the idea that other people are thinking negatively about us. Maybe your boss criticizes you work and you feel but little in his or her eyes. Maybe if you have put on weight, or, be, or because of some other aspects of your appearance, you think other people are judging you negatively. Upon feeling that someone is viewing you negatively, we may alter our behavior. For example, we may become very submissive at work, or even stop going out. We may dress to disguise a perceived flaw become overly apologetic, or may lash out. External shame is the sense we have of how we exist in the minds of others, and some of us worry about this a great deal. The more we worry about the way other people judge us and feel about us, the more this can work to undermine our own self-confidence. But why do we worry about what other people feel and think about us? Well, there are a couple of very good reasons. First, in order for our contentment and soothing system, see chapter 2, to develop, we need the kindness and caring of others. We also need to make judgment, initially based, but later more complex, about who is safe and who is not. Human beings have a built-in mechanism that motivates us to look at others and wonder, what are they thinking about or feeling towards me, and ultimately, who can I trust? In childhood and in adolescent or adulthood, we hopefully develop the capacity to self-regulate, to soothe or reassure ourselves in the face of life's setbacks. This obviously helps us to secure our place in the world, but it is still vitally important for us to be able to think about what is going on in the minds of other people. Our ability to cope with external shame or the possibility that others may not think as highly of us as we'd like them to do often comes down to our own self-confidence and ability to self-regulate. In summary, we human beings are predestined 
to spend time trying to work out what other people think of us. If we have had difficult experiences, usually in childhood, but maybe afterwards, we are more sensitive to uh, treat others. Sorry, more sensitive to threat, threat from others. Working to develop our contentment and soothing system can help us regulate or tone down this sense of threat, but it can also give us self-confidence in our ability to deal with difficult situations. The more self-confidence we feel within ourselves, the easier it is to cope when things aren't quite as we would like them to be. Secondly, Paul Gilbert's point out that the experience of external shame alters us to the possibility of being rejected in some way. It also potentially guides us to behave in ways that may make it more likely for us to be accepted and protected by those around us. If others see us negatively, then they are less likely to be our friends, want to interact with us, or support us when times are hard. If, on the other hand, they feel good about us and like us, then it is more likely they will want to be our friends and help us. So in a way, external shame warns us about how we exist in the minds of others, which has had important implications, initially for our survival and in more recent times for our well-being. Humans are highly motivated to seek the praise and approval of others and have an inherent need to belong and to share. Consequently, it really hurts if we feel there are things about us that will devalue us in another person's eyes or detract from our endeavors. It is important to recognize that we all like to feel validated or valued and wanted by those around us. There is no shame in this. It is a deep-rooted trait that has proved highly significant in evolutionary terms. Approval from others helps us feel safe in the world, part of the group. However, if we feel bad about ourselves, we may feel under more scrutiny from others and perceive more social threats than is warranted. And this, in turn, may mean that we overstrive to be accepted, As you will see later, this overstriving can itself cause us problems. So, external shame. Of course, it can be very difficult because we constantly worry and think about how other people perceive us, what other people are thinking about us. So, in order for us to cope and deal with it, it it uh, it can, of course, uh, be that we have to work on our self-confidence, so that we do not undermine our self-confidence. Of course, there are good reasons that we do this. Of course, it's because we want to feel safe and secure, and we want to know if then another human being is also someone that we can trust and some then some someone that could be our friend we are uh, basically trying to work out what other people think of us So this working with our contentment and soothing system can help us regulate or tone down this sense of threat, but it can also give us self-confidence in our ability to deal with difficult situations. And of course, this external shame we feel might be because we feel the possibility of being rejected in some way. And of course, it can also guide us to behave in a certain way that is more likely for us to be accepted and protected by those around us. So, 
this, of course, is the external shame is something that we need to be aware of. We need to face head on. Because otherwise, it can gnaw at us. It can, as I've been explaining many times, it can hinder us into not being immersed in a conversation. It can hinder us into thinking only about ourselves and not others. Because when we think about what other people are thinking of us, we are basically projecting back to ourselves. We are thinking, well, if that person thinks so and so, then I feel shameful, then I feel bad about myself, then I'm not going to allow myself to open up to that person. So you see that Perhaps we have to break free of this mindset. We have to do something immensely different when we start a conversation and how we think about other human beings. Let's just take that this one last one here. Internal shame. The final kind of shame is internal, where our attention is fixed upon ourselves or how we think and feel about ourselves. Sometimes there may be consistency between what other people seem to feel and think about us and how we view ourselves. While at other times, people may be very com complimentary to us, while our own judgment are much more negative. For example, if we are subtly bullied in our social group and the butt of many jokes, we can start to think that what people are saying is true and begin to feel the same way about ourselves. As a result, we may feel both external and internal shame. However, in another scenario, we may find that despite everyone commenting favorably on our work and stating that we are a good friend or partner, we feel different about ourselves. We still feel internal shame, as though there was something wrong with us. Then because that people says it innocent with how we view ourselves, sorry, inconsist, because what people say is inconsistent with how we view ourselves, we start stink thinking they're only saying that, or if they really knew me, they wouldn't like me. They are lulling me into a false sense of security. There's nothing that undermines self-confidence more than internal shame. One of the most important aspects of internal shame is self-criticism, which will be discussed later in this chapter. But whether it reflects external or internal shame, or a blend of all three, shame undermines our self-confidence, because while suffering from it, we rarely, if ever, let others see the true person underneath we hide behind an image we wish to promote to others and so decreases the likelihood of our ever being valued for the person we really are. It is like building a house with no foundation. We may achieve great things, but we constantly undermine our own success by attributing it not to ourselves but to other factors. The resulting feeling of instability is like living permanently with the threat of our houses falling down around our ears. So the last one here, internal shame, the way we think about ourselves, is also very important that we start working on this, start working to getting rid of all the negative thoughts uh, about ourselves. So the next one is, how overstriving and perfectionism can undermine our self-confidence. But this is for a different podcast, because we have reached the hour now. So, in conclusion, I hope, of course, this podcast was helpful for you. I hope there was something that you could take away from my podcast that helped you, that guided you, that somehow made you think, about yourself in a more positive way. I know I have. 
I know that this uh, hour helped me uh, to cope and deal with all my negative thoughts uh, about myself and others. So that working with myself every day can actually help me become, I believe, a human being that shows love and compassion and kindness towards others, is truly emerged in conversation and are truly wanting to get to know other people fully. Not thinking all these negative thoughts about myself and others, but actually getting rid of them and starting this journey of love and compassion towards other human beings. So I hope this podcast was helpful for you. I hope that you show love and kindness and compassion towards yourself and to others. This is Kenneth Anderson signing off. It's the 5th of April 2021. The time is 0821 and it is Monday. Bye.